Hello everyone and welcome back guys to a brand new podcast where today we're here back with episode 42 I think now Jamie of Knowing Wheel. Yeah episode 42 of course if you missed out on last week's podcast uh, obviously we looked at the Haas reveal and of course Lewis Hamilton being back uh, in Formula 1 as well you know he's come back to Twitter it's a wonderful world I don't think actually since then he's tweeted anything else has he Jamie? No but he tweets very rarely anyway when he's exactly. uh, in normal times so not surprising. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's such thing as normal time for Lewis Hamilton, is there? I suppose, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, as you would have already heard then, Jamie is back once more this week. Anything exciting has gone on in your world, Jamie? Uh, I, I watched the Super Bowl last night, that was fun. Oh, is that why you're so That's tired? That's why I'm horrifically tired, so... Right, okay. Yeah. What what time did it finish out of interest? Uh, 3am. Oh, fair enough. And I was so in I'm... town, so I had to cycle home. Nice. So, yeah. Cycle home at three in the morning. Yep. <laughs> it's it's a whole different world in the north, I tell you what. Um, but yeah, of course, as always, though, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see our wonderful faces. Hello, everyone. Uh, obviously, as always, there'll be links down below to the Spotify playlist. You know, if you want to go check it out on there, help support the channel and the podcast, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. As well, of course, as always, F1 merch and new lines have been released. The 2022 McLaren replica set has now been dropped as well as the Ferrari stuff. And then there's also a Puma edition, which features lines from Red Bull, Mercedes, and uh, as well as Ferrari as well. So yeah, go check all those out on the F1 store. There will be a link down below. And obviously if you use that link and buy some merch, you'll help out the channel. As well, of course, you know, looking the part is all very, very important, you know, in all your 2022 merch, but you've got to feel it as well. And sometimes that starts underneath the clothes. So that's why today we're proud to announce, Jamie, that Knowing Wheel has picked up a sponsor. Yes, today, as you can probably tell by my top, we have been proudly sponsored by Manscaped, who is one of the best below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Just over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WHEEL. Yes, that's an exclusive code for us uh, down at manscaped.com. I think, yeah, if my maths is correct, Jamie, that's 8 million balls have already wow. been helped by Manscaped. Yeah. Um, we've both been using their products. They actually did send us out both a kit to try out for you guys as well. Um, Jamie, you've been a fan, actually, of the Weed Whacker, haven't you, so far? Yeah, very good. My, uh, I can breathe much easier now. My nose isn't full of hair. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a, a very, very cool nose and ear trimmer. Uh, I've been using the Lawnmower 4.0, and genuinely, it has actually been a game changer for me. Massively reduces the cuts of nicks and things like that, you know, downstairs. And something that I was genuinely surprised by that I didn't think would be as useful as it has been is the little torch on the front. I, I've genuinely been surprised uh, with just how useful that's been when you're trying to work out uh, down there. But yeah, like we mentioned though, get 20% off and free shipping with the code WHEEL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. And yeah, use code WHEEL, unlock your confidence, and as always, use the right tool for the job with Manscaped. So, of course, yeah, though, Jamie, we've got plenty to get through this week. It's kind of a weird hybrid podcast episode. Of course, today at the time of recording, the all-new AlphaTauri AT03 has been launched. Then, of course, you know, it's Monday, Tuesday when you guys are listening to this. We've got a bit of a weekly roundup as well. Not too much to get to. We kind of had all the excitement a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, Jamie? And then since then, it's just been sort of weird little bits and pieces here and there. But... Yeah, AlphaTauri launched their car this morning. Safe to say it was a little bit of a mess, though, wasn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. It was seemed very disorganized. They what they promoted it was going to get released at half past eleven a.m. It was then actually the live stream started at eleven, which took me by surprise. And then at the start of the live stream, uh, Pierre Gasly just tweeted the whole car. <laughs> yeah. That's... So it was very. I didn't watch the stream. I don't know if you did. Um, I was but... at work. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to watch. I saw little clips of it on Twitter <laughs> afterwards. But yeah, I mean, uh, Gasly, I don't know what it is about Pierre Gasly, but he just seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't get how social media works. Yeah, weird, I don't know it? why he gives me that vibe. But uh, he seems like the kind of guy that would ask someone, what's a Facebook? <laughs> yeah, it seems very much like he doesn't really know anything other than Instagram stories, which I'm sure he does himself. But yeah, the car itself my my initial reaction to it was not that good i i think the the color certainly in the pictures that they released immediately i didn't like the color very much it was seemed a bit lighter tones than last year and i liked last year's car quite a lot the actual like design of the livery i um i do quite like especially the side profile the front i'm not i'm still not too keen on but it's definitely improved on me over the last like three or four hours uh so yeah what what are you feeling towards it yeah, I, I was very much in the same boat as you. I sort of saw the pictures originally and thought, oh, I'm not a fan of that. But looking at it a bit closer, I'm vibing with this thing. It's up there with Aston Martin in my eyes, at the very least. Um, yeah, I mean, Alpha Tari, I think they're, what, the only team on... I mean, it's a very short lifespan for a team so far. But the only team on the grid that's done three banging liveries so far in Formula 1, isn't it? Yeah, I guess up to the debate if you'd call this one banging or not but it's definitely decent i would argue now i i would genuinely think this is a banging livery fair enough i think it's up there in different gravy sort of caliber i can't lie to you jamie we've got the uh the flexbox sponsorships back on the front wing which is yes a, uh, throwback to 2015 manama russia <laughs> yep the only company that decided they would i mean they must have thrown manor about six pound fifty yeah to get the logos on the side of the car <laughs> Yeah, but great to see Flexbox back again. And yeah, I think for us, it's just a whole lot of nostalgia, isn't it, as well? Yeah. You know, that, that brings <laughs> back the manor days as well. But yeah, like you said, side profile looks very, very good. Not sure I'm a fan of the Tauri being bold in Alpha Tauri. That's just their logo, though, isn't it? The second half is always bold. Bolder, yeah, but it yeah. seems too bold this year. Mm, it's sort of like, I don't like how asymmetric it seems, but... I guess that's their marketing, so they're going to stick with it, aren't they? But yeah, I'm. I definitely. I think I would prefer the Aston Martin over this and the McLaren. In my, I like the McLaren a lot. I was going to um, say, yeah, we definitely will agree to disagree yeah. there. <laughs> but I do think it's good. I, I, I'm sure on track it will look really nice as well. I think the colours and the tones look worse in renders than they will do on track. Yes. Yeah. Well, obviously, again, I mean, always for me now, I think back to the Williams last year. Because that thing looked egg in the promo shoots they did. And then it got on track in Bahrain. And it looked brilliant. Mm. I pretty much immediately fell in love with that thing. Um, But I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was... The less less talked about that, the better, I think, Jamie. (laughs) Um, But looking around, obviously, again, you know, I think Flexbox are the only sort of new sponsor we can see on the car. Obviously, sponsored by Phantom again. Uh, which Pierre Gasly uses, obviously, to shill his NFTs, uh, which is always quite funny. Again, he seems like the kind of guy that was just told he can make a few grand off NFTs. Yeah, so no idea how they work. Well. Um, Epicor as well. I don't think we've seen them on the car. And then I and do the, love... Uh, the Italian flag is back. I don't know if you're about to say that. 
Yes, I was literally about to yeah. say that. We've got <laughs> Italian flags on the end of the front wing and then also on the um, rearview mirrors or the side mirrors as well. Um, looking at the car, though, again, we don't know whether this is the actual 2022 car they're going to use or not, do we still, Jamie? I'd be surprised if it is, since they're run by the same organisation as the Red Bull, obviously. But they've gone very different ways in recent years. And mm. this is an important thing to talk about with AlphaTauri, isn't it? Because they're using less and less Red Bull parts that they can even take over anyway. They're using a lot less of them more recently. Yeah, like listed parts are becoming less and less common anyway because the FIA are cutting down on them. But even so, they're definitely their own standalone team as they kind of always were with Minardi back yeah. in the day. And it tends to be interesting, actually. Like They're more similar to the Mercedes than the Red Bull in terms of feel and suit of the car. I remember there was a few years ago, like, Toro Rosso engineers were annoyed that Mercedes had copied their design and it's like is is that how it works? I'm not quite sure but yeah it'd be interesting to see how different it is compared to the Red Bull Yes yeah and I think this is always important because Alfa Tauri has quite often last year been one of the very quick cars through the speed traps mm. they seem to always have a little less downforce than Red Bull anyway in a slightly different design philosophy which obviously I guess you can use because obviously it then means if it works, Red Bull can try and adopt parts of it. You know, they yeah. can probably try and take risks. It's like risks. you get two rolls of the dice if you've got two teams almost, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so we're not really 100% sure yet about whether this is the finalised car for 2022. Uh, the side pod profiles look very, very similar to the Red Bull though, don't they? And of yeah. course that wasn't the 2022 car. So we're really not too sure what to expect in that regard. But... Again, not not a fan of the wheel rims. I don't know why every team has done awfully with the wheel oh, rims. Oh, the so Alpha Tower wheel rims last two years have been so nice as well. Painted yeah, white. I mean, whitewashed so, wheel rims on this thing would still work very yeah, well. It would. I don't know why they've got it against that. But I won't, I don't think any teams. Well, I mean, McLaren did a little bit with theirs, didn't they? But still mm. not a lot. And then Aston Martin, I think, did they haven't done anything? Theirs looked horrendous, no. which yeah. we'll get into in just a moment. But. Yeah, Pierre Gasly, though, and Yuki Tsunoda, then, Jamie. Obviously, talking about the two drivers, this is very much a season where you think both of them are safe as long as they deliver, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like, Gasly kind of is there as, like, a stopgap until he finds something better to do, I feel like. Because, obviously, he's never going to be able to consistently fight at the front in an Alpha Tauri. So he's kind of clearly a very capable driver, easily good enough for a place on the grid probably too good for the Alpha Tauri but there's no available better seats so there's no point in jumping ship right now So, and they're quite happy with him obviously So, and he's happy there yeah, and he's well, happy there as well important. so as long as they keep like I'm hoping for his sake they're not like a back market team this year because that would be a real shame but uh, yeah he's sort of definitely safe where he is for as long as he needs to be there but obviously for the progression of his career he probably will move on at some point or you'd hope so anyway Yes, yeah. You, I think, yeah, probably the best way to describe Alpha Tari, isn't it, currently, is probably time is ticking for the pair of them, but at completely opposite ends of the spectrum, it yeah. feels like. Because, yeah. obviously, Gasly had a stellar season last year. I mean, there were so many yeah. very, very good qualifying sessions. Obviously, Alpha Tari didn't always have the best race car, to be fair. He seemed to get it dialed in over one lap and then often would sort of fall behind McLaren and Ferrari over a race. Yeah. But then, of course, they always had two cars that could use to undercut him and all this, that, and the other. 
whilst he you know, very I mean really everyone says Sonoda came on strong towards the end of the year but he just had, he had one, one good, good race, race and that was Abu Dhabi <laughs> I mean, yeah. there was so much hype behind him for, let's be honest, not really a whole lot of reasons. Not doing very much. We would say that a bit quietly, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think if he can carry, like, obviously, young drivers, especially when they've lost their confidence, which Sonoda absolutely did in the mid-season, one good race can revitalize a career or, yes. like, at least get your confidence so highly back. So hopefully he can carry that momentum from Abu Dhabi into this season he kind of needs to be at least matching Gasly on a regular basis I think he'll probably do well to beat him in that team with the experience that Gasly has but he's got to be at least like measuring up to him which yeah, and when I you're think... five foot two is quite difficult <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think though for Sonoda as well and I think for a lot of the F1 paddock I think people now really appreciate Gasly is the real deal again mm. which is <laughs> very very difficult to prove after a year that he, well the six months he had at red bull yeah but even if sonoda's close to him i think next year of obviously if it does mean gasly moves away from the team i don't think there would then be that huge uncertainty about keeping sonoda because of course red bull have got a lot of juniors waiting in the wings yes. you know we've we've spoke about the how the hype train many times for on the channel liam lawson as well as like another one we're going to be watching very very closely in f2 this year there is plenty of talent that is really sort of yeah. waiting for Sonoda's seat to become available yeah. or Gasly's, depending on what happens. And the way that AlphaTauri's Horoso have always worked, if you have an F2 driver who gets enough super license points or definitely if they win the title and obviously can't race again the year after, they will be put in that seat generally. Yeah, yeah, because so, I think... Yeah, if Lawson or Hauger can... I think it's more likely to be Hauger, as we said before, but if either of them win the championship or even get top three they'll be very quick to probably bin off Sonoda unless Gassi finds some of the seat. Yes yeah and I think this was kind of the odd thing wasn't it with Yuki last year was obviously he had such a rise through the ranks you know one season in F3 one season in F2 and they got bumped up straight to Formula 1 Yeah. and although obviously he did very very well in F2 you know I think was he I think he was the highest Score if you just count feature races last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he or was. Or something mad like that. Or sorry, the year before even. 2020 it would have been now, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it, it still weirdly kind of felt like he not lucked into P3 as such, but where the F2 grid that year was quite weak, in all honesty. You know, yeah. Schumacher and Callum Eilert were obviously very, very strong, but we didn't sort of have, you know, that Oscar Piastri of the series or that Dennis Hauger that we saw in F3 last year or the Charles Leclerc, this sort of thing. It kind of felt like he'd sort of found himself in P3 at the end of the year and Red Bull kind of expected him then to move up and immediately just swim at Alpha Tauri, which Bahrain he did. And then it took him the entirety of the rest of the year to get back to the Middle East. And yeah. then he did once more in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, a lot of it is inexperience because he's had such a short single seat career so far. Yes. That like the tracks he'd been to before, like Bahrain, Abu Dhabi, that was basically it. The places he'd been in F2, like they were again on the calendar, those tracks he generally was stronger at. So like he was going to a lot of tracks last year having never done a lap in real life. So yeah, when you're like twenty one, I guess it's kind of forgivable, but the second time or third time you've been to the track, you've kind of gotta be stepping it up quite quickly, which hopefully he'll do this season. Yeah, and obviously, at the end of the day, he's a Formula 1 driver. He's got to adapt yeah, quite quickly. Exactly. Especially with the way the sport's heading, where they want to try and go to different tracks more and more often. 
that is going to become very, very important. That you've yeah. got to be able to jump to a new track and adapt. But then, Jamie, let's dive into bold predictions for Alpha Tauri in 2022. I feel like I've been so negative about Alpha Tauri all preseason so far. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Because we kind of look back historically through major rule changes. Alpha Tauri don't generally do particularly well first yeah. season, do they? Well, we've said it before. They're the only team on the grid that is designed not to win. Try to try and not win, basically. Yeah. So, in that sense, you can see why almost. I think I'd back Gasly for one podium. Right. Which is the same okay. as he got last year. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be it in terms of podiums. I'd be surprised if he's mixing it in the top four so often in qualifying. Well, like he's he come out. Yeah, he's come out and said today he wants to be fighting for top fives week in, week out next yeah. year. Maybe more. But of course you're going to say that. Every team's going to say that. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he'll he'll be confident. And that he may have delivered. Like, the team is capable. We've seen the last two years they've given very strong cars to their drivers. So hopefully they have again. But it's going to be so competitive this year that I don't see them being able to fight towards the front. Unfortunately. But... I'll still give him a podium, and I will say, do I go big? I'll go, yeah, why not? Hauger Lawson, 2023. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Right, okay. I am going to say then, my bold prediction is Gasly's going to leave Alpha Tauri before the end of the year. Oh, do a Carlos Sainz. I think he's going to do a Carlos Sainz. That's very plausible. I think we're going to see, yeah, going along from what you just said, that I think we're going to see a Hauger hype train, F2. We are hyping Hauger up so much in Formula 2 on this podcast. (laughs) But I think we're going to see, yeah, Gasly move up to a different team and Hauger get pushed into F1 for the last couple of races of the year if he's picked up super license points. Can you get... I guess he's won F3, didn't he? So that basically sorts it out. I was going to say, because you only get super license points at the end of a season, don't you? At the end of the season, yeah. Yeah. And F2 will finish the same weekend as F1. Yeah, so maybe... Does Lawson have enough super license points? Uh, I'm not sure. He finished, what, top 10, I think, last year? Yeah. Yeah. You might, you, I mean, you'd probably be able to get a waiver, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. If it came to it, I'm sure Especially they would. Especially if, if someone's that strong in F2, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, my bold prediction then is Gasly's going to not race for them every race next year. I don't think we're going to see a podium or a pole position from yeah. AlphaTauri next year. And yeah, I think they're going to be not particularly great. Yeah, I think I in our very early constructors, I think I put them eight. Yes, yeah, you don't. I think I put them seventh or eighth. So we're not confident for them, but hopefully we're wrong. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's always, and the thing is, again, with AlphaTauri, isn't it? is you just want them to have a car capable of fighting because, of yeah. course, Red Bull are interested with how they deal with other cars as well. Yeah, and there's no point in being 20 seconds off the pace. Yeah, I mean, so. that would be banned, but still. Well, that's why I'm in the race, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Anything else, though? Oh, livery ranking then, Jamie, oh, yeah. out of 10. What are we saying? Alpha Tauri. I've messed up my scaling big time. You have. <laughs> I'd go... I'd go a seven. I don't think it's great. Seven. I like it. I'm going to go an eight and a half. It's ranking just above the Aston Martin for me. Fair. 
I've got to be honest. I'm loving this thing. And especially the renders they've done around... I don't know. Well, it must be fake Imola. I'm yeah. I'm liking this thing. Fair. I'm looking forward to seeing it real Imola down the line. If yeah. they ever release tickets for it. Cause are you, get, are you trying to get tickets for that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm we're still nice. trying. They I'm still haven't Belgium, been revealed. I can't I said that on the podcast yet. Well, <laughs> hopefully as well. We're really considering Singapore. Oh, that'd be sick. I'd love to go we, to Singapore. We, we've sort of, it's always been one that my dad and I are there. Like, we yeah. desperately want to try Singapore at some point. But we'll wait and see about that. Anyway, Jamie, circling away then from the Alpha Tauri and into more of the normal sort of weekly roundup, we've got a few other bits and pieces to get through, haven't we, today? First of all, then, I guess we should probably sort of smash this one out of the way. After last week's podcast, Williams revealed their livery date, the final one that we needed. That's tomorrow. So at the time recording this, there's going to be another podcast out the day after you guys are listening to this, where we talk about Williams for 2022. Of course, they've also announced today that they've got a new sponsorship deal, a multi-year contract with Duracell, which is interesting. Yeah, this is a very weird one. Like, you don't get mainstream brands sponsoring F1 teams that often. Um, I wouldn't so... say so. Coca-Cola sponsor McLaren. Oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it probably happens more than I think, but it depends on what mind, you count as mainstream, doesn't yeah. it? In my mind, I always picture an F1 car with loads of random logos that don't have a clue where they are. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't see, know what a flexbox is. No, exactly. To see Duracell on the side would be quite funny, and obviously they're going to be powering the ERS this year. So, oh, we'll have to wait and see about that one. <laughs> I'm googling flexbox. Oh, I no. think I think it's some coding software. Nice. Which I'm not quite sure is exactly what it should be. Uh, no, it is a racing team as well, not just some coding software. Um, but yeah, I mean, Williams though, Jamie, like we said, we'll kind of talk about them more tomorrow, won't we? Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, we'll sort of have a look. I mean, P5 this year is going to be big by then. That's an absolute in, joke, in my wildest prediction, <laughs> that's definitely going to come back to bite me come the end of the year. Probably the biggest news then of the week, though. Lando Norris has signed long-term at McLaren. Yeah. 2026, was it? 2025. 2025, okay. So, yeah, he's in for the long haul. I think the way he's got it set at the minute, it's kind of expected. But then big teams were sniffing around him. He, he unveiled, I, I'd imagine. This is why Lando's yeah. done this very, very cleverly. Yeah, definitely. Because Mercedes and Red Bull obviously probably showed interest. He had yeah. a little unserious chat with them, and then immediately he can go to McLaren with leverage and be like, give me more money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think we did briefly mention this last week towards the yeah. end of one podcast somewhere. I think um, it's in the McLaren one, yeah. Yes, yeah, must have been. Obviously, yeah, Lando Norris, he's... I mean, he'll have a team around him that does all this anyway, but he, he knows how to play the business side of things. Very, He yeah. knows how to do the social media. He knows how to do the business. He is a very, very valuable asset to basically any Formula 1 team. Not only whilst he's there, but also once he's retired, he's, he's like a still probably going to be... Button, isn't he? I was literally about to say <laughs> the same thing. Genuinely, he is, yeah, like Jensen Button in that regard. But... Yeah, interesting to see because doing that right before a rule change at a team like McLaren, you know, we, we, I think we're drawing a lot of parallels, aren't we, to Charles Leclerc's contract at Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari, obviously, are a juggernaut of the sport, and McLaren always used to be. But we don't get the sense that McLaren can have the same sort of revamp in the way you always believe Ferrari can. Yeah, they're a weird one, McLaren, because they can just go off the boil for, like, decades almost. <laughs> like... I mean, it's... I don't think we've ever seen a drought like this before by them. But then we've never seen no. Mercedes back in the sport. And that's the like problem. The, their last constructors was 1999. 
So that's my whole lifetime ago. 1998, Jamie. 1998. Oh yeah, Ferrari went, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah, mental. So it's it's very brave. He obviously has a lot of faith in the team. They have a lot of faith in him. He's probably getting a nice paycheck out of it. He must so. <laughs> be me. I mean, he must have gone to him. You're paying that Australian that money. You look at the points last season. Give me exactly, more. <laughs> exactly. So. You know, if if Ricardo's worth twenty five million a year, Lando's probably worth about eighty based on <laughs> based last, last season, season alone. Yeah, so it'll be hope. Hopefully, for for his sake, they they do give him a car capable of a championship within the next three or four years. Uh, we'll have to wait and see about that. Um, but yeah, it's good good news all round. I think unless they do absolutely have a shocker and they're suddenly he's in for the long haul with a team that's fighting at the back but with McLaren they're very high pedigree obviously you'd be surprised if that happens especially with the Mercedes power unit yes yeah plus let's be fair if they were that bad I'm sure if he's still playing at the same level oh, he yeah. is another People. team's gonna buy that yeah. out yeah and I mean it's good for McLaren as well you know sort of it gives them a bit of a long-term focus now I think if Ricardo can bring it back next year we could see a lot you know, a, a quite possible. I mean, this is always the odd thing, isn't it? We spoke about Sainz and Lando at McLaren, and sort of said this could be a lineup that's there for five, six years, mm. and then that was gone after two because Carlos Sainz likes to move teams like he's going around the colour wheel. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could see Lando kicking around for Lando and Ricardo kicking around at McLaren for a few years. I mean, we're going to see Lando there. We, we could. could see Ricardo there as well. Ricardo does need to improve, I think, because. Just Could we see him go into a number two role? Potentially, but then you don't pay your number two the amount they're paying him. But you won't pay him that after next year anyway. Yeah. Unless he and do you think really he'd sign a contract back. to be a number two? I'm not sure. I don't think he'd sign a contract to be a number two, but I think he could kind of appreciate that might be... I mean, let's be fair, which other teams could he go to? Because he still wants to have a team and Aston fight for wins. Yeah, we have Aston. said that before, haven't we? And you know, I can like, see Gasly like that cash money. be really cheap. That's also very... This is how we sort of spoke about it before, isn't it? Yeah. That Gasly to McLaren could be the key. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and yeah. see. A lot of speculation that. for February before the season starts. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> Ricardo could finish the year world champion and call it a yeah. day, for all we know. But, yeah, we've got... Obviously, yeah, Williams announcing their reveal date and then a couple of extra sponsors. Lando's extension at McLaren. Aston Martin have taken their car. And actually, done. We got our first sort of running of 2022, and what on earth was up with that ride height? Oh, the ride height looked so bad, didn't it? It's like they put seven three suspension on the car. Yeah, you could basically fit another car underneath the front wing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, if you had a head-on collision with another Formula One car, you would have ramped off it. Yeah, it was. I I hope it's not like that in the season, to be honest. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see about that. But. It took the shine off the livery of it for me. I don't know. It just didn't yeah. look very good on track. Yeah, it really did, unfortunately. But, yeah, again, whether that's just their experiment. I mean, let's be fair. For all we know, it could have just been they're trying to test the Venturi tunnels by pushing as much air under the wing as they possibly could. Yeah. You just don't know. But, I mean, it's a photo shoot day. You don't want the car to look like that on a photo shoot. Yeah. Like, it looks like it has a huge bottom lip. Yeah. It, just, it, it didn't look very appealing. No. Put it that way. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, hopefully obviously we'll get to see a bit more media shoots from other teams as well, obviously over the coming weeks, which will be very, very exciting. The first behind closed doors testing is next week, is it not? Yes. Yeah, next week now. End of next week, we'll nine see days away this recording. Uh, photos from that, although no live video, obviously, if we've covered. <laughs> I'm still half tempted to go down there and with my drone 
You're off work, aren't you, that week? I'm off work next week. There you go. Get yourself to Barcelona, sorted. With my drone, and just fly <laughs> above the... I mean, the batteries only last about half an hour. So and you'll get arrested. I'm going to have to buy about great. eight batteries. <laughs> Will I get arrested? I think so. It's probably protected airspace over an F1 track. Would it be? I don't I mean, Paul so. Ricard's basically built by an airport. Yeah. And there's one road in and out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I might have to Google some, that. Uh, Exclusive Matt 212 testing footage coming soon. Exactly, yeah. Knowing wheel from my prison (laughs) cell in a a Spanish prison. Um, That'll that'll be fun down the line. Bahrain, though, Jamie. A huge contract extension. Yeah, I think it's the longest I've ever seen. Yeah, 14 more years. 2036. I'll literally be middle-aged by then. That's so depressing. It's worrying, isn't it? We're going to be on, like, podcast 400 by then. No, even more than that. Way more than that. We're going to be on, like, podcast 800 by then. Yeah. And we, do we still think we're going to be doing this podcast in Hopefully our mid-30s? Hopefully not. If my life is still... When I'm 36, if I'm still recording weekly podcasts, I'll be quite upset. But we'll yeah, have but to we, wait and see. We might be, you know... We might be doing well, mate, I reckon. We might then. be working for F1. Yeah, we might be trackside. Yeah, with a, bit of luck. with a bit of luck. You know, FOM, hit us up. Get us involved. We're down. Weekly yeah. podcast on the show, following the tour. We'd love that. I'd tell you what, that, that'd be that great. That would be, like... It? That'll be what thirty-two years that we've been at Bahrain. Yes. By the end of this contract. Thirty-three seasons. Which is pretty mad. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see if they changed up the layout a little bit, but then I'm worried that Bahrain produces brilliant races quite often. Yeah, I think it's a good. It's proven many times that the the actual proper layout is very good. They obviously tried different in 2010 and in yes. 2020, but 2020 was good because it was chaos, not really because of the track. I don't think. No, no. It was an was interesting appalling. experiment, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And obviously that yeah. season didn't really matter that much because it was already sorted about two months before. Yes. So yeah. might well three of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to think though, Jamie. Does this potentially mean that Bahrain has signed an exclusivity deal for first race of the year as well? It wouldn't surprise me. We've seen the last it will be last three years now wasn't it oh no Austria was around one in 2020 wasn't it yes but yeah. the last two years 2021 and 22 have both been at Bahrain for the first race I think it's a very good spectacle it's obviously a much more friendly time zone than having Australia as the first race for the world generally yeah so, that's very true like in terms of F1 wanting a good start to the season and one that people can watch like accessibility is obviously really important so I think it makes sense for all parties, really, apart from Melbourne. <laughs> but, yeah, unlucky. Yeah, I was going to say, let's be fair, no, nothing in Formula 1 is really geared towards the Australians nowadays No. when it comes to timing. Speaking of timing, though, Jamie, our well, last little piece of news. Smooth. We've got all the confirmed race start times for 2022. Obviously, yes. COVID pending. Yeah, still waiting for them to release their calendar. Uh, onto Google, I should say, so I can sync it up with my actual diary. But yeah, very, very true. <laughs> Exciting times. I'm looking through. There's going to be a couple there. Australia, 5 a.m. UK. To- oh, no, we'll be 6 a.m. No, it U- is. It's UTC, which we go forward an hour before then, so it'll be 6 a.m. UK time. Oh, yeah. Which I think that's the Sunday of the month I often have to work from 6 a.m., so that's, oh, that's not so going to be a vibe. <laughs> I'm looking at that. Uh, Miami, half seven at night. Half eight at night, that'll be. So yep. That'll be a late night Formula European One race. basically at two, as usual. 
Yeah, I want a Formula One race, Jamie, on a Saturday night. Well, that won't happen for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I mean, sprint races. Well, yeah, that's as close as you're going to get, I think. The Grand Prix will be on Sunday for as long as this management is in place. Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> but I don't know, I just feel like a Saturday night race would be such a vibe. It would be. A bit like Friday night qualifying was a couple of times Friday last night, season. I actually love Friday night quali. Friday night quali worked, yeah. man. We everyone banged on about sprint races, didn't we? But Friday night quali, when the weather was good, was such a vibe. It was a wonderful time to be alive, and we we still don't know when the sprint races are coming back next yeah. year. No updates. <laughs> Japan I'm again. Very... Oh, carry on. Uh, I was going to say so. I, I'm very looking forward to having early morning races again for some reason. Oh uh, yeah. The last time we had one was Japan 2019, which was yeah October 2019. So yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I, I really enjoy ruining my sleep schedule and getting up at 5am for an F1 race. Well, so. I'm just thinking now, 5am for me is the time I get up most days. Hence why wow. I was tired on this podcast. 5am for me will just be, like I said, I've got to be at work probably for when the Australian Grand Prix starts. I might have to yeah. put that Sunday off. <laughs> yeah, do it now. That's, got, we've got a bit of time in, in hand still. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I might be so able to just not work Round it. three, April 10th, that'll be what? two and a half years basically since the last time we had an early F1 race yeah, yeah. so exciting times it is get the alarm set already exactly yeah and obviously fingers <laughs> crossed they're gonna add these to our calendar soon I've already got the Formula E one on mine I need F1 as well I mean there needs to just be an app or a website that just does all of them for you for a load of different series um, but maybe maybe that's our new kickstart for side hustle for you, yeah. That that definitely seems yeah there's potential there get yourself um, a dragon's den Get myself on Dragon's Den. Hi, yeah, Peter Jones. I want 15 quid. <laughs> I've made a really and... simple code. Can you pay me my money now, please? <laughs> exactly. Plus money. Anything else, though, to add, Jay, before we round this one off? We kind of had a load of little bits and pieces to get through, haven't we, this week? And then, of course, the Alvatari launch. I don't think there's really much else to add this week, is there? No, it's been pretty slow. Obviously, we've had all the reveals, but they've we've talked about them in themselves. So if you missed those and want to go and check them out, Yes, yeah. Go obviously, watch them. We'll we'll go back at the end and obviously do a ranking and things like that. Obviously, it's a bit of a pain that Alfa Romeo aren't releasing theirs still basically next year. It feels like. <laughs> yeah. Um. But obviously, like we said, we're going to be back tomorrow with the Williams reveal, and then of course we've probably got two of the really big ones, don't we? Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, we've got Ferrari and Mercedes. So yeah. very, very excited for those. I think Ferrari's going to be good this year. I don't know. I just get the feeling. We're just on that. We're on that Helga hype train. We're on the Ferrari fight back freight train as well. It's it's going to be an interesting year. of probably disappointment for the pair of us when neither <laughs> yeah. deliver. The Knowing Wheel podcast, we finally agree on something and it turns out to be wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, though, like we mentioned at the start, a massive thank you to Manscaped for obviously helping support the channel. You know, if you want to go check some of the stuff out, We'll leave links down below. Like we said, use code WHEEL for 20% off on Manscaped and also free shipping anywhere around the world. But 